Liam, how are we doing today? Um, okay, so, all right, let me get situated here. Today we welcome Colette, who is a professional dominatrix that we got connected to via Shadow Band Co. So, hi, welcome. Hello, thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on the show. I love the mask. Oh, thanks. Or what do you call it? A veil mask. Veil, okay. Yeah. And yeah. is that, when did that come to be in the in the Dom journey? It was a gift from um, this like lace maker or like this, uh, they were, I think they're called Metamorph Corky Couture. They're based in like Scandinavia and they gave me this veil and I put it on and I was like, wait a second, I love the way this looks. And oh. now it's just part of my like whole look and wow. persona. I yeah. love it. Do you wear it like in every scene? No, I don't. It's more just for um, public, like public facing. I have the veil on. So in session, the veil comes off. My subs get to see me face to face. But I kind of like this like superhero kind of vibe where you don't really see my face until we meet face to face. Oh, wow. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I always say like, at least in my experience, like in BDSM, I feel like there are, you know, certain like pieces or things that we wear that can like bring about different energies within us mm -hmm. yeah so like for example i have these claws that every time i wear them like i feel like my dom my inner dom comes out yeah so it just kind of like helps like transform the energy within me so i always i wondered if like the the veil was something like that for you as well i think so too yeah when i put it on i feel like oh okay it completes the the look for me do you also feel like it helps like almost create this, I don't want to say like barrier, but in a way just, oh. well, I guess like a veil yeah. in a sense yeah. of like. I think it does create this like mystery and this allure and this intrigue of like, who is this person behind the veil? And mm. I like that you have to actually meet me face to face to be able to see my face. And so I get to kind of just blend into the world and nobody knows who I am. Wow. And I yeah. like that. Sorry. Maybe some someday I'll reveal myself and take off the veil, but I think I'll also have fun with the reveal as well. Mm -hmm. so. Oh yeah. You, do you have Scorpio placements? I do actually. Okay, because yeah. the the when you said that, that screamed Scorpio to me. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do you know which placements? I'm not exactly sure. I had an astrologer look at my chart, and she's like, "Oh, it totally makes sense why you're a dom. You have so many like parts of you in Scorpio." I'm like, "Okay." Scorpio, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a very kinky. What's your What's your sun sign? It's Aquarius. Oh, um, also mm -hmm. kinky. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, or Aquarius is more kinky in the sense that it's like it likes things a little bit differently. Yeah. Also, I'm like more weird. Okay. Yeah. No, nope, it still sounds good. You think so? Okay. Oh yeah. Anyways, so how <laughs> how did you get started? Yeah. How did this come being to be a professional dominatrix? So it started in 2005. Oh, oh wow. wow. Yeah. Way back when I was a grad student at UC Berkeley, it was my first year in grad school, and I had moved up to the Bay Area from, from L.A., and my friends who went to UCLA with me as undergrads, they started working at this house of domination called The Gates, and one of them didn't have a great experience and was fired, and another one um, did have a good experience, and she, like... Um, she told me about her day at the office or day at the dungeon when we were like having soup 
together at lunch and she's like, yeah, today I just like tied a guy up. I put some clothespins on his nipples and balls and I spanked him and, and then I put a strap on on and fucked him in the ass and then I pissed on him and that wow. was my day. And I was like, what? That's crazy. <laughs> That's your day at the office. I I want stories like that. Yeah. And she paid for our lunch and she pulled out this like hundred dollar bill and she's like, yeah, this is like this new problem I have now. You know, we get paid in cash. And so I'm always breaking these hundreds at random places that I go. And I was like, okay, I want stories like that. I want problems like that. Where, where do we go to like get signed up? And so she, you know, directed me towards the gates and I went in for an interview and kind of lied about my experience and said <laughs> I had some personal experience in kink, but didn't really. And then I just went in and started taking sessions. I wow. love that. And then you just kind of learned along the way? You learned along the way. There was no training at all at the house. You just shadow sessions, which is you sit in on sessions, observe them and maybe participate. And you just start taking sessions when you feel ready to start taking them and start making money. So I was like, okay, after like five sessions, I'm like, I'm ready. Wow. I think. <laughs> to, what was your first session like? Yeah, it was, um, it was good. I think I was nervous <laughs> at first because I was just like, Oh fuck, what am I going to do? What am I going to say? But I just kind of, uh, went with it and just flowed and the, the sub or the client brought like this like 12 foot bull whip and he was like, Oh, if you want, you could use this on me. And I was like, Hmm, I'm just going to put this aside. And I didn't touch it the whole time, but I just kind of, um, yeah, just went with what I thought a Dom would do. And by the end of the session, uh, I told him that was my first session. And he was like, no way I, he, you could have fooled me. And so I just continued playing from there and Nice. Yeah, just build more confidence as I went. I love it. I feel uh, like I need to go to a dungeon. You do. Well, no, you I have my San Fran. San Fran is very kinky. Yeah. So I wasn't surprised when you said that you went up to to NorCal for it because I've heard there were a lot of or there still are a lot of dungeons and stuff up yeah. there. Yeah. I yeah. own a dungeon, so if you guys ever come up to the bay, that um, and that's where it is, right? Is where? the the dungeon is in the Bay Area? Yes. Well, oh, okay. first I started working on a commercial dungeon called the Gates, and then I went independent, and then I bought a dungeon from a, another dominatrix, and then so I've co-owned this dungeon play space with another mistress for thirteen years now. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh, I'd love to check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Next time we go, I'd love to. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, so. Now, wa walk me through this, because now it seems like, at least from what I've seen, like on your social media page, yeah. do you have, you you have a servant or a, a houseboy? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So how do we get to from, and now, okay, I have a question. Is he a okay. client or a relationship? He's a former client, and now he's just a houseboy who takes care of my house and my dungeon as well. Mm. Yeah. Well, okay. Okay, so it was mm -hmm. professional, but turned more personal, maybe? More personal, yeah. It felt like it was, um, yeah. I've known him for, like, boy, since, like, 2006 or so. so long time, yeah. A long time. I trust him. I, he knows me very well, and, um, yeah, like, he's just a really good friend, and it just kind of transitioned to him being a houseboy, being a friend. And so it's more a platonic. Mm -hmm. yes. Dynamic. I love okay. watching the yeah. clips. I, he's adorable. He is. Yeah, he's super adorable. He's so sweet when you meet him in person. He actually, I have this stuffed teddy bear 
named Cutie that I've had since I was six. And like, I'm obsessed with my bear and so is he. So every week he comes and visit her and gets her for 24 hours. He takes her on a ramble, hiking in the woods, takes tons of pictures of her. And then like, then like post them on his Tumblr blog with like matching the photos with like poetry. He's like, yeah. And he has a tattoo of her on his forearm. Oh, wow. Oh. Like, that's the way in my heart, by loving my teddy bear. Oh, that sounds so wholesome. Yeah. But I also, like, uh, what was it? I was watching a clip where it was, like, you went into your closet or oh, something. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. there was, like, a little um, a little door that you opened. And then he was in there, like, ironing clothes or yes, something. Yes, yeah. So that closet or that little dungeon cell, that's it's actually in the closet of my bedroom like when I oh, bought wow. the house it was like the special thing that I didn't even know I was like oh my god there's like this house is made for me oh really yeah perfect oh, it was god. crazy and so I used to like put him in there um because he liked being like locked up in there but then there was one incident where I locked him up in there and I went for a walk with friends in the park, got high, and totally forgot oh, no. that I locked him in the closet. And he, like, freaked the fuck out at when I got back. And that was the last time that we really had a serious, like, lock him in the in the cell. And so now it's just more like, you know, a couple of minutes that. at a time. Or I, was, I was wondering about that because, like, for me, that would give me such major claustrophobia. Oh, yeah. I was like, more power to him for yeah. being able to stay like some people yeah. get off on that too yeah yeah, yeah. i guess like, not anymore yeah i'm curious so you when you started at the dungeon it was more as a dominant have you ever been submissive i well actually when i first worked at the gates there was this policy that all the new mistresses had to be switches professional switches subs, okay. and mm. and tops just so that oh you would get like you know, some exposures, being a sub and understand the psychology, but it was more for like the headmistress wanting to like really milk us and for like, because she knew that it's just more profitable for her. Yeah. And so I was a professional switch. And, um, and then before that, I think when I did have lots of fantasies, it was more as like thinking about either myself or other like women in submissive mm. situations. Yeah. And so I think I've always had the, like the, psychology of a sub as well to really understand what makes a sub tick and what really just like gets under their skin yeah yeah interesting because i think i definitely started more sub Mm. and then Mm -hmm. i you know started exploring more like switchiness and i i think i find a lot that it just depends on the person that i'm with and like the energy that they bring about yeah that will kind of dictate what energy like comes out of me Mm -hmm. um and so that's always been kind of like a fun you know, aspect of my journey to kind of see. I think Cammy's very, very sub. Yeah. I think she Ooh. likes topping. I like to top. I yeah. like to top. Yeah. But oh, fun. I'm, I'm, I'm more submissive. And I, you know, I was thinking the other day, I was kind of sad because I, I was reading these books and I kept thinking, I was like, man, it's been a while since I've been a sub and I kind of miss it. <laughs> so I'm hoping I get back to it eventually. So. It's hard. You have to find the right person that you feel like can actually top you. And, you know, once if you're a switch, you also have standards of who you yeah. want to top you. And like, you know, and if you've been a dom, then, you know, exactly. I, I think all, you know, my next I, I don't know. I have a feeling that whoever I'm with next, like my next partner will be able to like dominate me in the way that I want to. Mm. So nice. it's okay. just like I'm curious, like for you and like in your journey because it's been like more professional Mm -hmm. like has I guess 
in what, like in the subject of like other people and like the energy that they bring about us have you ever had like customers or clients where you're just like I'm not feeling this energy like I can't get into this headspace has that ever come up um sometimes I think it's yeah. really about chemistry right yeah. it's almost like you have to kind of treat it as though it's like dating but a yeah. little bit different but yeah you have to make sure the vibe is right that when you play together it feels very fluid for me the metric of like a good sub or a good session is how do I feel at the end do I feel drained mm -hmm. or do I feel energized if I feel energized then I definitely want to see you again because there's something about our play that really just is additive but if it feels like you're draining me and I feel super drained at the end of the session then I most likely won't play with you again I have a question. Do you mm -hmm. require kink in your relationships, like your personal relationships? No, not really. I think, oh. um, oh. yeah. Interesting. Well, because it's almost like, you know, that Seinfeld episode of like, I can't remember which character, but he's like dating the masseuse and he's always like wanting a free massage from his like girlfriend who's a masseuse. And, and I'm just like, like, oh my gosh, it just feels like I want to be the opposite of yeah, yeah. A, a, vanilla missionary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. vanilla <laughs> equals sounds great. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. But yeah, no, I I like playing around too with my partner. But I do think like I, I get my fill for sure mm. in the dungeon. I remember my ex Dom used to say, "There's always kink in my sex, but not always sex in my kink." Because mm. like he was someone mm -hmm. that really loved kink, and it was always like very much incorporated into. Um, yeah. you know, ev everything that he did, like in his like sexual exploration, but, um, a lot of times like in his kink, there wasn't always sex in it. So, because sometimes we would have scenes where there was like no sex involved. Yeah. It was just, you know, like the, the sensations of it or whatever we were doing for that scene. But, um, but yeah, I remember he was someone that really like in his personal relationships as well, very much needed it. So I always find it interesting to see, you know, kind of like for someone that does it on a professional basis, you know, mm -hmm. how how it interacts with their personal relationships as well. So. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a partner right now? Yes, I do. Oh, and how yeah. do they feel about it? Yeah. They love it. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And they're always wanting to play in that way. And Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Yeah. And are they someone that has like experience in they that have, realm? Yeah, okay. they do have experience. They've actually seen some of my friends who are doms like before we even met. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. Are y'all non-monogamous? Uh, we did have an open relationship, but I feels like it's kind of defaulting to monogamish like in the past year. Okay. But I've been in an open yeah. relationship for a while. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I Not, think that's, you know, perfect. Like if it's just like fluid and what feels like mm -hmm. right at the time. Yeah. Not that most kink relationships are non-monogamous. I just, I do find that, you know, you see a lot of overlap between the two. Yeah, you do. Especially when mm -hmm. you have switches or like people that like to like play with different genders and whatnot. And have you had mm -hmm. like scenes or clients that are like both men and women or do you have like a preference in terms of what gender? N no preference. I love playing with all. I love playing with men, women, queer, um, non-binary folks and couples. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. What would you say has, I mean, my curiosity is like, what's the weirdest request in a scene that you've yeah. ever gotten? The weirdest request. Well, uh, yeah, the, the one request that I think is the strangest that I even said no to was um, somebody reaching out wanting to be castrated and then having his penis cooked in this Chinese restaurant that cooks like, like it's in Atlanta or something where they cook like, 
like animal cocks in, in like Chinese style and then have me eat it. And so I was like, no, nah, I think I'm going to pass on that. Totally understand <laughs> oh my that. God, I cannot that was believe- not what I expected. <laughs> I thought it was just going to be like, I don't know, someone peeing in my eye. But this is just. <laughs> that request is wild. Yeah. I feel like that requires like medical intervention. Like you would need a doctor to do that correctly. I think so. I think it probably would, would have required all of that if it was going to be like handled in a Chinese restaurant and I was going to eat it. Yeah. I don't know how they were wow. trying to pull that off, but it just felt like way too much. That is a lot for things to go wrong. And yeah. Yeah. That, that yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. And what but, would you say is the most common Wait, I wasn't going to ask the most common. I was actually really curious to hear, like, is there one that, like, going into it, you're like, ooh, I don't know how I'm going to feel about this. And then you did it, and then you were just, like, loved it. Like, okay, wow, yeah. that was great. <laughs> I do have one of those. One of my – actually, I have two subs now who um, like having their, like, balls nailed to a board. And <laughs> what? Okay. when I first did, like was attempting to do this, I was like, well, this just seems a little bit like crazy. And like, but he was also like a nurse. So he knew exactly what to do and like which areas to avoid when you're nailing. And so I felt safe to do it. And then when I was doing it, it was like, do you want to know what it felt like the like? Or is it getting too. Graphic? I'm curious. Yeah, no, go. Ahead. No, 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 go I ahead. think our listeners will want to know. <laughs> yeah, I want to know. It's like, um, imagine like, like nailing something that's kind of like a, a plum with a really thick skin. Like, okay, you know, it feels like it's like yeah. hard to kind of like nail through at first, but once you get through that thick like layer, it just like glides in really quickly. Oh wow! And then you're just, it's just okay. Wait. Mm-hmm. walk me through this so this so is like jesus like nailing to yeah. a cross yeah, okay wow. Right, yeah. wow so is it and is it like a long nail yeah, with a like long, a hammer a hammer yep so it and just you sounds go like th- the sounds like a wood shop and yeah and you go through like the the ball ball yeah the balls yeah and this how does this is affect their sperm i think he's like doesn't like he's okay with not having kids and all that stuff. Okay. And so, yeah. Is there blood? Yeah. Was it- There's lots of blood and like, and I think what made it okay for me is his excitement and the pleasure that he gets from it. Like every, yeah. with every like nailing, he's just like screaming, I love you. And just sounds like it's pleasure. And oh. so for me, I was just like, okay, if he's really getting so much pleasure from this, then I could also work my like mind around it to. Does he come from it? He does. Yeah. So it's just like, imagine blood come like it's crazy, like bath of like fluids. You have two (laughs) subs that like this? Yeah. The second sub doesn't want it through his balls, but just through the scrotum. Okay. Through the sock. Okay. Yeah. And here I thought I was kinky. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, I wait feel, a minute. I feel vanilla, vanilla as fuck after <laughs> listening so to vanilla this. vanilla after this. What? I just, I like, just like a little pee on I me every like now and then across the face. <laughs> nothing, nothing too. And just a little spank every now and then. <laughs> just a little pat. I, but okay, I know blood, like when Kami asked that, I have an interesting relationship with blood because- yeah. On one hand, I love knife play, mm. but I don't want to be cut. Yeah. On the other hand, I like if I see a lot of blood, it does make me a little queasy. Yeah. However, like I my two doms that I used, it was a couple. It was a male and a female. They were both pro doms as well. Yeah. 
Um, and I just remember like anytime I was on my period, I'd go over there and be like, hey, guys, I'm on my period. And they're like, we don't give a fuck. <laughs> if anything, they would like make a mess of it. And I loved that. Oh, my God. That's so hot. And like and sometimes I still like when it comes to knife play, I'm not there yet. But sometimes I still think about like what it would be like to maybe like go into, you know, uh, drawing blood with it. Yeah. Um, I'm not there yet, but like it does make me curious. And so like when you said that, like when there's just like a mixture of fluids and like I like the mixture of fluids. Mm -hmm. However, I'm still like working on that relationship with blood because it's kind of it's an interesting. Yeah. yeah, it's still edgy. Right. Yeah. And I feel like with knife play, you you know, a lot of knife play doesn't draw any blood. It's just no, the, yeah, the just the sensation of yeah. it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. At least that's my favorite piece yeah. of it. What's the aftercare like for the ball? Nailing <laughs> for the ball nailing, just like putting like some pressure on it with like some rubbing alcohol and gauze and making sure that the blood just stops. Wow. Does it swell? Does it I have swell? so many questions. Um, it doesn't swell too much. Yeah, it just has like some punctures to it. And wow. Hey, DT fam, you know how important STD testing is and how often we discuss it on our show which is why I'm super stoked to be working with stdcheck.com. So whether you are with a new partner or you just want to stay on top of your sexual health, maybe you have multiple partners or maybe you went to a sex party and forgot to use a condom, whatever it is, it is super important for you to be maintaining your sexual health and that obviously includes STD testing. So stdcheck.com is the leader in reliable and affordable lab-based STD testing. I've done this many times, so I'm definitely a big fan of this. Basically, you order your test online and then go right to one of their certified labs, get your testing done, no doctor visit is required, and then you do get your results emailed to you in about two days. What I love about stdcheck.com obviously is it offers confidential and convenient STD testing. This is how I typically do my testing, especially when I want to do a full, full panel. So with multiple online payment options, it's super easy to set up and also you just have that peace of mind. If you're looking for a super convenient way to go get tested, head on to stdcheck.com. Com. And right now, stdcheck.com is offering our listeners $10 off your order. So go to doubleteamedfam.com. Of course, we'll have that linked in the episode description. Click on STD check and use code DTF to get $10 off your next STI test. That's doubleteamedfam.com. Click on STD check and use code DTF to go get tested. And this is just a great way to support our show while you're taking care of your sexual health. So thank you guys. Go get tested. Yeah. I'm curious because <laughs> I know I'm sure a lot of what you do is like for, you know, the satisfaction of like your submissives mm -hmm. um, and your clients. And I know, you know, you mentioned that you like seeing that and you like kind of like the reaction that you get out of it as well. But like, you know, when you go into like a scene, mm -hmm. like what, what do you want to feel out of it? Like yeah. besides like seeing them enjoy it and like getting the gratification from that, like what, what is it about like, you know, being the mistress or being the dominant mm -hmm. that like is appealing to you, like the emotions that it draws? I love being the one that guides the sub or anyone to a new experience. I think like 
you know, even if I were to like really think back to like my child self when I was young, I was always that girl who was just like, what? You never been down that cement slide. We have to go. It's just like, I love introducing people to new experiences in their first. So an exposure kink. Yeah. And so I think for me, I just love the trust that comes with kink and having somebody trust me to take them to their edges and explore new experiences. And, and for me, I guess I get off on that. It's just like so much, like so much trust in like somebody giving me this like control over how they feel, what they're going to experience and where they're going to go. And, and just the deepening of that, that play of going further and further to the edge. I love pushing boundaries and just finding where the edges of their boundaries are. And then just also kind of blowing their mind where they're like, Oh my God, I never thought I would be into that, but I'm like so into it now and just figuring out what their hot spots and sweet spots are. Yeah. And I just like dialing people in and getting in their heads and seeing how far I could take them. Love that. Wow. So, okay, wait, and now it takes you back to my original, my, my first question. Mm-hmm. What is like, I don't know, whenever you have a new, you know, client or whoever come into the dungeon, what is usually like the biggest request or the most common request that you get? Mm. Um, I know yeah. in a dungeon setting, I wonder if that would be different. Yeah. I think the most common like experience or feeling that a lot of the sub like clients come for is this feeling of pleasing their mistress so pleasing mm. me anything that makes me smile and so interesting whatever it is that I want to do to them that I could be as sadistic as I want they are just taking everything that I want to give them and they're just like really working to to earn my um just to see me smile and to please me oh I like that do you find that it's different or like between men and women mm-hmm like I would, I would think that men are probably a little bit more inclined towards like pleasing, mm-hmm. like uh, the dominance, whereas like women are probably more inclined to like. Hmm, let me think on that. No, I would say the same. Really? Yeah. See, I would think men would be more inclined towards it. No, I think especially mm-hmm. I, I don't know, just like from the times that I, you know, when I used to sub, um, and be in my sub space, like it was all just about pleasing. Mm-hmm. like it was at the end of the day just like that would would make me the happiest in my subspaces see for me it was just about feeling i was like i'm just here to receive mm-hmm. <laughs> when mm-hmm. i was a submissive well baby. you're more switchy yeah that's true i feel like that's your switchy side coming out maybe but i don't know well so i mean how i don't want to word this question when did you decide to because you have your platform now like especially on you know, through like your, your business and like Instagram and like, you know, showing people how you dom, like what made you decide to take that route? Of like kind of being an educatrix. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I I love love that that term. (laughs) Educatrix. That is so cute. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. One of my subs like just kind of created that neologism because I got my PhD in education and then it was like, oh, that makes you an educatrix. So I was like, oh, okay. Oh, wow. But you have a doctorate? Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, fascinating. Good yeah. for you. That's amazing. Woman boss over here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so I feel like I'm applying my PhD in education in the best way possible, creating a DOM school. Um, I think just throughout my whole career as a DOM, there were friends and friends of friends who would come to me 
asking for mentorship or training, wanting to gain exposure into this world? And I would always say yes, because the experience of being a Dom is so life-changing. Yeah. I love creating life-changing experiences. And so just showing someone the ropes, I know that that's just like an experience that will forever change them, whether they do choose to be a Dom or not. Mm-hmm. And so I just love seeing women and femmes come into their power through being a Dom. It's just a really wonderful way to explore your power and your sexuality. Yeah. And so I I was just doing it all the time. And then eventually my friend who, um, Amy Chan, she was the one who invited me to teach at Breakup Boot Camp. And um, that was like in 2017. And that was my first oh, wow. time teaching as a dominatrix about power. And I was super nervous, but I did it. And it felt amazing to share the wisdom of this space and the knowledge that comes from the edges and and so I just kept on going and we created a dom boot camp together and then she was like you should do something on your own so I created mistress class and that was two years ago and the first time I opened up mistress class like a hundred a hundred and eleven women enrolled and I was just like whoa this is yeah and ever since then this is the first the fifth time I'm teaching mistress class and it's always around like 80 to 100 women and femmes wanting to explore their dominant side and I just think it's like it's our time to really explore and play and come into our power and it's like the most rewarding thing I could possibly be doing love that I love seeing especially in the kink community like the the doms and subs who teach publicly and teach it like really well because we need more of that and i know it's hard to like you know put yourself out there and like have a platform and all of that especially when you're doing kinky things just because you know it's still something that's like considered taboo so like i know yeah Yeah. and and you know like we're two people that also have content that you know always gets a lot of different reactions so it's like it's hard to put yourself out there but agreed i think it's great like when you know people are able to like, you know, be proud about their presence and, you know, the things that they're educating people on and have that presence and like, you know, just put it out there for others so they can learn and everything from it. So, cause not everyone, you know, has the ability to do that. Yeah. yeah. And so. I agree. It's pretty divisive and kind of edgy to yeah talk about these things because they are taboo. And so you do get, you do become a target and I've been targeted. I was framed as a sex cult leader last year. Fun. Yeah. (laughs) That sounds fun. Actually, it really does sound fun. What's wrong with the sex cult? (laughs) I think of all the cults, that's probably a pretty safe one. Yeah. 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 Somewhat. They're having the most fun. But also it's all those Scorpio placements. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You also just have, you do have this very like, you have kind of like this underworld energy to you, mm. you know, like it, it's giving it like deep. Well, know? it's funny because like I, especially when you walked in, I was like, I would never picture this person mm-hmm. as a dominatrix. And you have this very like kind of like soft spoken, almost like nurturing energy. But then I hear you talk about some of these things and I'm like, there is an undercurrent there. Yeah. That like once, you know, for the people that are able to tap into it, that is a whole nother world. Well, and that's, yeah. yeah. And that's what I'm saying. I love the underworld. You know, you got to get deep in there. I, I think that's like one of the best energies to work with because it's like, you know, like you were talking about earlier, you're guiding people through these experiences and touching the edges 
but like in a really positive, safe way. And for a lot of those people, it is the the pieces of themselves that they're not willing to show to others. Mm -hmm. You know, it is that undercurrent because maybe they're not ready to, you know, to, to have those like pieces of themselves, like out and about but that's interesting i love it yeah well i love playing with the like the different sides of ourselves and i love that people can't tell that i'm a dominatrix they're like what you're dom but you seem so sweet and i was like (laughs) oh my god it's so fun when you see me in the dungeon it's just a completely different person i want to see it yeah i just want (laughs) throwing that out there what's what's your normal like what do you wear what do i wear yeah oh in the dungeon Uh uh-huh I mean, it just varies. It's um, play suits, uh, latex. Um, yeah, I I like to go for like comfortable things. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to be wearing like a latex cat suit, but mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I like things that I could really move around in. And so like play suits are really fun because they're kind of like a onesie that's all sexy yeah. and yeah. and um, allows me to just really be like mobile. So I'd say lots of play suits. And latex, that's not like full body. Yeah. Latex is hard. Even yeah. this top right now, I'm like, my hair is sticking to it. It's I love like, that you're wearing so it. Pull, yeah. Well, I don't you know what? I love that's this top. That's my top, and I'm upset because it needs to be properly washed. It does need to be cleaned. La- this one needs to be washed. I don't think people latex realize is like, a lot of upkeep. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. No. It's like taking care of a baby. <laughs> it's um, not quite. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. But it's it, just it, like, you gotta work. wash it with Dawn soap. You gotta make sure it doesn't touch metal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Feed it twice a day. You know, like, Okay, but maybe when we get home, we should wash it with Dawn soap because it needs it. No, I have the vivid wash. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See? <laughs> now, I'm curious, like, in terms of, you know, and you don't have to answer questions about your personal life if you oh, don't I'm want to. to. But, like, yeah. for example, like, you know, do all your friends and family know what you do? Like, mm-hmm. is it something that you're very, like, open with everyone about? Or, is, like, you know... Yeah. Do they know? Because, for example, like, you know, we have our pod page, but like we blocked all of our family from seeing it. They kind of know about it, oh, but wow. like we still yeah. block them. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm curious, like what to what extent, like, you know, the both the inner and the outer circle. like knows. Yeah. Well, so when I first started, I didn't tell most of my family other than my sister. Well, actually, it took like a couple of years. Then I told my sister about what I did. Yeah. But I hid it from my family. Also, didn't reveal it to anyone in academia except for like another friend and colleague. Mm. And so it was most of my friends knew what I was doing. But it wasn't until like a decade into it that I was outed by my sister to my mom about what I did. And then my stepdad as well. And so that was like a pretty like... uh big moment of being coming out and um and so that was like what 2014 and you know my family wanted me to quit and so I really had to choose I'm like oh shit do I make my family happy and quit what I'm doing that makes me really happy or do I continue doing what I love and make my family unhappy and I just chose to continue doing what I do with this like vision that I'm like, you know, at some point I'm just going to keep on dispelling these misconceptions about kink and sex work and they will come around and hopefully they'll be proud of what I do. Yeah. And so, you know, fast forward to now I'm like teaching mistress class, my mom, my family, they all know what I'm doing. They're super supportive. And my mom actually is, you know, helping me in the process. Like we, the welcome kit of mistress class has like a veil. And so she, you know, finds the lace and has my seamstress or make them. And so she's a huge part of this process as well in terms of just 
being my biggest cheerleader. And so I never thought that would ever be possible at all when I first started or even when I was outed. And now I'm like, oh, they're they're proud of me. And so I love that. I think it's also a big lesson and, you know, and a good reminder for like anyone listening that Mm -hmm. like, you know, a lot of times like we don't want to upset the people around us. But like, I think if we really do stick to like what makes us happy and like what we truly love, eventually especially the people that really do truly love you and care for you like they'll see just how happy it makes you they'll see just how much of an impact it has like on your life and like whoever else is around you and like uh, you know i I think that you know they they eventually like catch on or come around and so you know should always do it for you and not you know hopefully or trying to like avoid upsetting others right so yeah i'm happy that they were able to like come around Mm -hmm. and be a great supportive resource for you yeah, I'm really happy about it too. And I think it just also taught me about like the importance of your like owning your truth and speaking your truth. Like I think before I wasn't really in my power because I was hiding this part of myself from the people I love. Yeah. And once you could actually be out and and be completely um just embodying that truth and speaking that truth like every part of you becomes true even your wildest dream. Like it's in yeah. my wildest dream that my family knows what I'm doing and they get in there proud of me but that's what happens when you like walk that path of like having those difficult conversations and and allowing them to to create this shared reality with you love that what would you say well I guess like one of my last questions would be like what's your biggest fantasy yeah what's your wildest Mm. dream for your dominatrix career what's your vision oh my gosh just like continuing and building this army of doms like just like seeing more and more doms come into their power just seeing this shift in our structure and society of seeing like patriarchy crumbling because there's so many women in their power and they know their worth they know their value and they know how to play with their power and they show the world how we do it. What does power truly look like from the divine feminine yes. standpoint? And it's just full of love, compassion, collaboration, cooperation, and and it's just magic. Oh. I would join a sex cult if you yeah. started. I was going to say, okay. whatever cult you start, <laughs> sign me up. Yeah, I'm I will be there. <laughs> It's a sexy culture I'm creating, but it could be confused as a sex cult sometimes. And I'm assuming this is kind of like, you know, those valleys right yeah. there is what you, you know, work to instill in your, you know, clients and your doms and the ones that you teach. Mm-hmm. So it's so interesting because you, you have like the, you know, the ones that you work with and you teach and then the ones that you're the, the dominant for in the terms of like in providing their experience. I'd be here like what... The, those seem like two different energies, but would you say at the core they're actually very similar? I think it is very similar. It's really just, I think for me, I define power is this ability to create change or inspire change. Yeah. And I think that I do that as a dom in the dungeon with my subs. I'm inspiring them to to change and transform themselves for me. And if that means losing their ego and sense of self as they become objectified and degraded, then, you know, that's one way of changing themselves and for the mistresses and mistress class it's about changing themselves transforming themselves to be the most powerful badass version of themselves Mm -hmm. and so i think in every realm it's about inspiring change Mm. and i think that's the power that i like to cultivate and create and spread I would love to do your chart sometime. To I know why you have that. a PhD in education. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love that. I mean, well, like I said, you know, 
the PhD, not that, you know, most dominants like aren't educated, but like, it's still just something that's very like surprising, but then also like your demeanor and everything. And then there's this whole side of you. I love it. I love it. I think it's amazing. The combo of both energies is, is really like, and and just the vulnerability and also the authenticity that you bring to it. I think that's going to make you very successful in, in that vision of the, the army of doms. And I'm just envisioning this like awesome, like everyone's in like, you know, yeah. It's like badass cat suits mm-hmm. yep. and whips. I just want to be seated with a leash and collar. <laughs> just Cute. looking up really With their happy. male submissives on the collars following behind them. Yep. Okay, I think as my last question, if you can recall, give us your favorite scene that you've ever done. Oh, wow. My goodness. Okay. I mm, Maybe it's one of my... I'd say this is one of my favorites. There's so many. And so um, this one was a public scene and it was, I think in like 2018, I can't remember when the presidential election was, when it was like with Obama and somebody else, Romney, I can't remember, but it was like, I had my sub, we went to Mr. S, which was this like a sex shop in San Francisco. And we had them all like geared up with this Aristec unit. So, you know, Aristec, it's kind of like the electro stimulation that mm. you could like yeah, yeah. attach all these attachments to and yep. like send electricity through. And so he was wearing a silicone sleeve around his balls. And so, and then that was attached to the Aristec, which has like this remote to it. So you could say, yeah, yeah. and so we watched this like presidential election debate that was in this like public space in the city. It was at this club. And so it was like a giant screen. People were everywhere. And we were seated in front and there were people standing behind us. And so I had a list of words that if they were uttered in the debate, he would get a zap. And it was like allies, sanctions, Iraq. And they were just like words I know that they would use. And like, and like, during the debate, like they kept on saying crippling sanctions allies over and over. And so I would just like zap him every time and just look like he had Tourette's or something. He was just jumping in his seat and convulsing oh and, and like screaming and no one knew what was going on. And I just tried to like, you know, contain myself from like laughing so hard. So that was one of my most memorable scenes because it was like one of the funniest and unique scenes. I love yeah. that. I love that, that it was a, a presidential setting. Yeah, it was yeah. in a oh Manila setting. Yeah. I love that it was a presidential election, like bringing kink to politics. Yeah. <laughs> that is amazing. Exactly. Fuck America. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have fun with it somehow. Well, I am inspired by you. I oh. want to come check out this oh, dungeon. Please. Yeah. Uh, but oh, yeah, I would love thank to. you for joining us today. Oh my this goodness, was so, it was good. so much fun. Uh, yeah, the ball mailing will stick with me for a long time. <laughs> Would would your houseboy ever be down to come with you and record? Possibly. He does have, he has these anxieties, social anxieties. So he likes kind of just like, if he would, he'd probably be in like a gimp suit in the corner and not talk. Would be his like, but yeah. That's fine. What if we give him like yes and no? Oh yeah, that would be fine. Okay. Because I I would love to ask him like just, just to know like his experience and like that you know that mindset that i would i would just love yeah i do have other subs who are really awesome devoted and are more vocal and Mm -hmm. love to 
come and share. Uh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Well, yeah. yay. Would you like to plug yourself for anyone that wants to find your content, your mistress classes, anything? Yeah, I guess just find me on social media, Instagram. I'm pretty active on there now. So at Colette Prevet. I guess I also am at Domina Colette on Instagram. I have two handles because as sex workers, yeah. you always got to have two. We have two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And we're not even technically sex workers, but we have two just in case. Yeah. Good idea because you're talking about sex, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. And all then, right. And as creative mm-hmm. as we've tried to get with like all of our content, you still can never I be know. too careful. Yeah. 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 It sucks. But anyways, well, keep doing what you're doing. Okay. Thanks. Yeah, this has I been will. amazing. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, we definitely need a part two coming okay. up soon. Yeah, <laughs> I could bring a sub too. Yes, I would little. love that. Mm-hmm. I would love that as well. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I wanna... It's been a long time since we've covered kinks. So I'm like, I need fellow yeah. subs around me. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea to really have the conversation about yeah. both sides. Okay. Well, do you want to do your... Yes. Well, you guys know where to find us. DoubleTeamPodcast.com. All relevant links are there. You can also just Instagram DoubleTeamPodcast at Kimmy and Nikki. And wear condoms. Thank you. Yes. Thank you guys for tuning in. I cannot believe you've nailed balls. (laughs) 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 That is just...